So, week one is down. Week two is here. And we've got some good games that we're going to preview. We've got a lot of good games we're going to preview. I'm just glad that week two shaped up to be better than week one. So good. So good. Um, I will say, though, we did miss on week one. Let's hope we don't miss on week two. Oh, yeah, no, we, we've ensured that we're not going to miss because they're the second game that we're going to talk about. Yes, yes, yes. So, jam-packed show for tonight. Before we get into it, I'm Owen Spelnick. My name's Cole Connor, And this is the Panther Pod. All right, Cole. Getting into it. Last week, we didn't really hit on one, uh, one specific team anyways, uh, and we're going to hit on them kind of further on in the show, but AP poll's out, all right? AP poll is out. <clears throat> do you want to do the first five? Yeah, I'll do the first five um, because I will love Rip my to, dreams. Yes. <laughs> I want to. Uh, that number four spot, but that's okay. Oh, and the number three spot as well. And, you know, like number one, two. Yeah, just one through four in general. Yeah. Oh, I don't really have a problem with Michigan. Anyway, go ahead. Anyways, uh, number one is Georgia. They beat. Uh, they won last week against uh, who? We don't really know. Um, uh, I'm sure it was like the Browns development team or something. Something like that. Like that. Yeah. Uh, number two is Michigan. They played UNC last or not UNC EC, ECU East Carolina beat East Carolina. Uh, somebody free Jim Harbaugh. Gosh, terrible what the NCAA is doing to him. <laughs> Hold that four up, Cole. Four for Harbaugh. Four Harbaugh. No. <laughs> no, whatsoever. <laughs> Cry me a river. Oh, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. You, got, you self-suspended yourself for four games. You know Jim Harbaugh is on the phone with somebody during the game. Oh, 100. Like, calling everything. He is in the parking lot. Or, no, he's sitting up in the, uh, probably in, like, the president's box. Yeah. With his headset on going, all right, fellas, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. 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 They just don't show the press box for the no, entire game. Absolutely not. Um, so, Michigan is, comes in at number two. Number three... No, I can't bring myself to say it. Alabama. Alabama is number number three. I was going to say the catchphrase, Cole, but I can't mm. do it. Can't do it. Um, and then number four, uh, blow, blow, Seminole win as the Seminoles jump to number four for Florida State. Hey, Owen, uh, just a, a quick, quick little tangent here. Um, we were ranked five yeah. last week. That's undisputed. Yeah. Yeah. How... Did Florida go from like beating the fifth ranked team in the nation to number four? Because they beat the fifth ranked team in the nation. So they're fifth in the nation. No, it looked like they were better than the fifth team in the nation. <laughs> Just keep recording the podcast. <laughs> number Am I wrong though? Oh no. I caught it. Unlike LSU's receivers, I caught it. <laughs> okay, anyway. Rage moment. Yeah, we're fine. Um, number five is Ohio State. That rounds out the top five for everyone. Number six is USC. Uh, two and O oh, because they played in week zero. Uh-huh. Uh, number seven, Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, number eight, Washington. Good to see a lot of Pac-12 teams. Uh, number nine. One Pac-12 team. Two. Well, 
technically two. Technically two. two. Okay. Um, number nine, Tennessee. Uh, and number 10, Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, Cole, say it with me. Horns down. Number 11 is Texas. Number 12 is Utah. Number 13 is Oregon. And oh, is me. Woe is me. Number 14, LSU. 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 Um, and then number 15 is K-State, Kansas State. Hey, 16, uh, your Pac-12 sleepers this year. Yes, sir. My Pac-12 champs last year. Go Beavs. It's Oregon State. Yep. Uh, 17 is UNC, uh, 18, Oklahoma, 19, Wisconsin, and 20 is Ole Miss. Going into the bottom half of the top 25, number 21 is Duke after their massive upset win over Clemson. Number 22, 22 is Colorado. They're here. Go Buff. Go Buff. Uh, number 23 is Texas A&M. Number 24 is Tulane, the real roll tide. The mighty wave is coming crashing down across the nation, brother. 24 is Tulane, and then rounding out the top 25, dropping 16 not, spots. not put them in here. Dropping 16 spots. Number 25, Clemson. Boo. Uh, got dog walked by Duke. Duke. A Duke dog walk, if you will. Um, Others receiving votes, just kind of touching on some of the notable ones. Iowa received 73. UCLA received 55. Arkansas received 28. TCU received 27. Kentucky received 15. Uh, Pitt, boo, received 8. Mississippi State received 5. Miami received 4. NC State received 4. Auburn received 3. Troy received 3. Fresno State received 3. Minnesota received 3. Wyoming received 3. Iowa State received two. Texas State received two. Texas Tech, go Rebs, uh, received one. Raiders. Rebs is Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Uh, Louisville received one. Washington State received one. Illinois received one. Houston received one. UCF received one. And JMU received one. Yeah. At this point in time, we'd like to make a sad announcement. Our booth is empty tonight. Booth is empty. Um, uh JTC unfortunately couldn't make it tonight. Uh, he, uh, our live studio audience is not uh, live. Yeah, he, Jay is alive. Jay it's, is. Yeah, Jay, no, no, no. Jay <laughs> is fine. Jay is he fine. He's at home. He is doing fine. He is alive. But I'm saying our live studio audience is non-existent. Yeah. It's not live. It's yeah. No. We're, of course, is it ever? Uh, no. I mean, it's it is. Live it, when we record it's live it. when we record it. That's neither here nor there. Anyways, anyways, all right, so the first game up, that's top 25. Uh, first game up is Notre Dame goes to Raleigh to take on the Wolfpack. Do, 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 do. Wolfpack is back, causing mass. Just, all right, I'm done. Nice, nice. Um, um, NC, they take on NC State, the Wolfpack uh, in Raleigh at Carter-Finley Stadium. Brennan Armstrong looks to uh, kind of – Prove his worth here against a big-time opponent. Hey, you know who's not looking to prove his worth? Sam Hartman. Yeah. Uh, on the season so far, he has 445 yards passing, six touchdowns. Six touchdowns. Six. Uh, this is also a homecoming game for him as he was born in Charlotte. So, kind of. I mean, like Raleigh, Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. Same difference. Yeah. yeah. They're all, once you get into North Carolina, it's all the same. Yeah. I just turned into a massive heel in the state that I lived in for 14 years. Good anyway. job, Cole. 
Um, no, Notre Dame's coming off of uh, a blowout win against Navy. Um, a blowout win against uh, Tennessee State. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on, it's Tennessee State. It's Tennessee State. Um, looking at the analytics that ESPN has up, Notre Dame is favored to win 78.5 to uh, NC State's 21.5. Um, I honestly – I've always digged NC State. I've always thought that they were one of the better and less recognized uh, North Carolina teams, especially when it comes to football. Um, looking at these numbers, total yards, Notre Dame is averaging 500 yards a game, but that's against Navy and Tennessee State. Um, NC State is averaging 364. And, well, never mind, because <laughs> I just looked at who they played. Uh, they played UConn last week. Yep. So, I mean, that's yep. not. Ugh. And only beat them by two touchdowns. Only. Actually, I t- actually ten points. Excuse yeah. me, ten ten points. Um, total yards. Uh, Notre Dame, like I said, has five hundred. Uh, NC State's three sixty four yards passing. Notre Dame two ninety four to NC State's one fifty five yards rushing. Two hundred six for uh, the Irish. Two oh nine for the Wolfpack. So both teams have a good mix. Um, Brendan Armstrong kind of had a poor game against UConn, not throwing for any touchdowns. However, they were able to get the win by relying on their running game. And, you know, their running game is primarily Brendan Armstrong. Um, Passing, last week he went 17 for 26 with 155 yards. Running the ball, he had 19 carries for 96 yards and two touchdowns. Two. Two. Um, too sweet? Too, too sweet. Uh, no, no, Cole. Sweet, sweet enough. enough. Yeah. Sweet enough. Anyways, <clears throat> Notre Dame. The line is seven and a half in favor of Notre Dame. I feel like that's a fair line. I think it is, it is very fair. But I think Notre Dame just has something. I don't know. I say they have something different about them. They've only played Navy and Tennessee State. No real competition. Now, NC State hasn't either. It hasn't looked great. They played UConn and didn't mm-hmm. look, you know, yeah. terrific. Mm-hmm. They looked okay. They looked pretty decent, but didn't look terrific. Um, the yeah. Irish already have two games under their belt. They're mm-hmm. kind of really getting into a rhythm here. I think NC State kind of is able to fix some things that they were they they weren't clicking on offense last week. Uh, you know, Brendan Armstrong, they really had to rely on him. Let's try to see if we can get that running game going with the running back. Rather than the keep feeding Armstrong the ball, which, I mean, it did work. Two touchdowns. Not terrible. But I would also like to see my running back to get some touches and lead the team in rushing yards. <laughs> but also, this man had 96 yards on UConn. Like, he didn't break 100. Now he's not a running back, so it's not his job. But at the same time, at the same time, he's UConn. not the running back. No running back broke a hundred yards. Yeah, against that is an issue UConn. against UConn. Yeah. Against UConn, um, give me Notre Dame in this one. I, I I take Notre Dame in this one. Sam Sam Hartman makes that offense look lethal. Yeah, one um, hundred. The defense is gonna. I think they only they have only allowed fifty five yards passing. Now, I think that'll differ. I, I, now, I'm not saying that it's going to be a blowout win, 
But I definitely think Notre Dame wins this game comfortably, and I think they win it with two touchdowns. Give me eight. Tw- give me twenty-eight fourteen. Okay, because that Irish. was, was going to be my next question: Is do you think they cover the spread? Twenty-eight fourteen. Give me no, give me the Irish. Um, I agree with you. I think uh, Marcus Freeman is cooking um, up in South Bend, and I think that this Notre Dame team, which I hate to say because Notre Dame kind of falls along the same lines as Texas, Florida State, um, you know, uh, Miami. 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 Um, They kind of fall along the same lines as those for me, where the media hypes them up so much at the start of the season, which we saw a lot with LSU um, this past – or this current season. Um, But, no, give me the Irish. I think uh, Notre Dame is legit this year. I think this is going to be their first real test, but even then I wouldn't be surprised if it's not and Notre Dame just rolls. Um, I pick the Irish. I'm going to say they uh, they hit the over, too. The over-under is 49.5. Let's go 35-21. 35-21. Okay. I can see see that high-powered offense from Notre Dame. Yeah. Let's move on to our next game. Oh, we need to. We gotta, yeah, we gotta record I'm, this. We gotta record this. Uh, yeah, I don't think I did very well last week. Um, I picked. Let's see. Next game, we're gonna. All right, so we're both t- t- taking the Irish in this game. Um, next game, we're we're talking about Nebraska versus the Buff. The Buff. Now, Cole, look at the look at the. Prediction here? Absolutely not. For ESPN, they're giving they are giving the win to Nebraska. Nebraska is getting a fifty nine percent chance of winning this game. They are purely doing that so they can get they they can get uh, kind of drama. They can get oh some yeah, sort no, of Colorado out of Dion. Let's let's be real clear. Colorado is favored in this game in any sports book you look at. Um, Colorado is favored by three right now. That's the line. Mm-hmm. Um, over under for this game is 58 and a half. This is at Folsom Field. So this is the first home game of Dion's tenure against an opponent other than the second team. We will not have seen Folsom Field this loud in a long no. time. And Probably uh, early 2000s, right? Yeah, early to, since they've won the national championship, I, w- I would venture to say. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, and you you can go into all of the stats you want to. The one that I want to really touch on, Jeff Sims versus Shadur Sanders. Jeff Sims, uh, last week against Minnesota, uh, they lost 13-10. Uh, Jeff Sims, 11 for 19, not bad. 114 yards, okay. One touchdown, three interceptions. Yeah. On the ground, Jeff Sims also had 19 carries for 91 yards. So, again, going back to the NC State game for a second, that means no other back broke 100 yards against Minnesota, which is more understandable than Because UConn. that is traditional Big Ten football, very right. defense, run the ball, he- very defense-heavy, very defensive-minded, run, very run-heavy offenses. Um, that was also a low-scoring game. Minnesota yeah. wins 13-10. that one. 13-10. Minnesota yeah. wins it off of a late-second field goal. Amazing game. Yeah. Uh, good, good week, uh, good opener for uh, – 
for college football. Mm. But, again, not a great offensive showing by Matt Rule. And that's another thing I think we should talk about as yeah. well is that this is the battle of two big-time Personalities, two big time personalities, and two big big names in college football is now Deion Sanders and Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. Who do we think who is going to have the better team put together? It's going to be a big time rival. It's a big time, long time rival, old Big Twelve rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw Jeff Sims, yeah, for Nebraska, yeah, moving to Shador Sanders, thirty eight for forty seven, five. <laughs> Hundred and ten yards passing, four touchdowns. Yep. Wild, absolutely wild. Um, looking at the averages, which are a little inflated right now, just because it's week one. It's week one. Uh, total yards, Nebraska, two hundred ninety-five yards of total offense. The Buff, five sixty-five yards allowed. Nebraska. 251. Colorado, 541. Here is the one detraction that I will say about Colorado. Their defense, and I don't know if TCU was just that good. Well, I I think so. TCU was the program that was runner-up in the national championship last year. Now, obviously, it's not the same exact team. You have a few missing. Miller, Max Duggan. Exactly. There's a lot of people that you lose, but it is still the same program. A lot of those kids, a lot of those, I said kids, a lot of those guys were still around there. Um, A lot of those guys experienced that last year. They know what it's like to be in the college football playoffs. Plus, I mean, Sonny Dykes, amazing. Sonny Dykes, amazing, yeah. Which I I'm sorry I know that's kind of a I mean it's okay it's okay um, controversial decision here give me the corn huskers no way give me the corn why huskers. why the corn huskers the only reason that I am picking Nebraska over Colorado is I think Nebraska is going to come into this game control the football and bring it to um bring it to Dion. And this is TCU was a massive test for Colorado. I think Colorado is um a genuine threat this year, which is wild. But give me Nebraska because I think Nebraska is going to slow down the game and make it um, at their pace. They're going to play the game at their pace, and no one's going to be able to prevent that. They're going to run the ball. We saw last week Colorado gave up 262 yards rushing. Colorado does not care nearly as much about their defense as they do their offense. I don't know if it's that they don't care about their defense. I just think they were going up against a really good offense and in that, TCU last week. That could be true. That could be very true. I think this game will determine that. And I would not be surprised. Um, let me be very clear. I'm picking the upset here. Nebraska is the upset. I genuinely think Colorado has as good of a chance, if not a better chance, to win the game than Nebraska. Um, but, yeah, give me the Cornhuskers. I'm taking the buffs. You got to. I'm taking the buffs. Yeah. After what I saw last week, I'm on the Dion hype train. I will firmly admit it. I'm on the Dion hype train all the way. Just the, like 
just I, I listened to his interview on the Pat McAfee show the other day. Oh, he's so passionate about it, literally I mean, just got everything. Me going, yeah. man. Like I was, re- I was ready to run through a brick wall, and I don't even play for the guy. Yeah, and you know, it, it it's just I don't know. He makes me so much more and more. Do I want him at West Virginia? <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, I would kill for Dion to come to LSU. It would be great. It would be great. Uh, but no, get, give me the buffs and okay. Dion. I'm going to ride Dion for Completely a little while. Completely and totally respectable. I'm, I'm going to ride Dion for a little while and just you see it, see how this goes. De- okay. uh, you know, Dion and the buffs. Yeah, and so. and like I said, I'm I'm mainly doing this because I feel like the rest of the schedule we're going to pick just about the same teams. So I need to differentiate myself early on, so that way there's you know I have a chance of winning this year in overall record. Okay. Okay. Moving on to our next game, the Spoiler Makers take on the Chokies. But you know who the Spoiler Makers were last week? Fresno State. <laughs> um, Purdue takes on Virginia Tech at Lane Stadium. Uh, I was going to go to this game, but I – Were you really? No. Oh. I don't like Virginia Tech at all. <laughs> um Virginia Tech has a 56.2% chance to win this game, uh, according to ESPN. The line is 2.5 in Tech's favor, and the over-under is 49.5. Hudson Card? No, wait. Yeah, Hudson Card. Okay, that's wild. Um, Hudson Card versus Grant Wells, uh, quarterback comparison here. Hudson Card, 17 for 30, 254 yards and two touchdowns. Grant Wells, 17 for 29, 251 yards passing and three touchdowns. Purdue is coming off of a loss to Fresno State, and then before that, a loss to LSU. Go Tigers, 63-7 last year anyway. Um, Virginia Tech is coming off a win against Old Dominion, 36-17. Both teams are very similar as far as uh, total yardage. Uh, Both teams like to throw the ball more than they like to run the ball. Both teams finished with the exact same amount of rushing yards last week. Yep. 109. (laughs) Um, Total yardage, Purdue, 363 to Tex, 368. Um, Yards allowed is where it gets very, very different. Purdue allowed 487 yards to Fresno State. That's not a knock. Fresno State is a good program. Virginia Tech allowed 295 yards to Old Dominion. Um, Purdue allowed 371 yards through the air. Virginia Tech allowed 94. Yeah. Owen, I think you know where I'm going with this, and I truly hate to say it because I despise the Chokies. I think Virginia Tech's defense is going to shut down Hudson Card. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. It's not that. It's the fact that I agree with you. <laughs> oh, buddy. It's the fact that I agree with you. It's the fact that I agree with you. This pains me so much. It's the fact that I agree with you is why I sigh. I think because now if they can run the ball effectively against mm-hmm. Virginia Tech. I Which we – Last week, Virginia Tech gave up 201 yards rushing to Old Dominion, which Old Dominion is a very run-heavy school historically. But that being said, that's a lot of yardage to give up. It is a lot of to someone who's perceived as a lower-tier school than you. But I agree with you. I think Purdue giving up that much 
to Fresno State, giving up over 480 yards of off, giving up over 480 yards of offense to Fresno State, and Virginia Tech able just to not necessarily shut down ODU, but you know keeping them in check for a good little bit, holding them to 17 after that loss last year to ODU, uh, last that loss last year to the Monarchs. Um, yeah. These are two – I want to let you know, these are two West Virginia guys that play for the Hokies. Uh, Grant Wales is from West Virginia, mm-hmm. and Ollie Jennings transferred in from West Virginia to Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Grant Wells yet. Um, he last year was not great. Mm-hmm. He didn't look great when he was at Marshall. Um, he doesn't look – Hokie fans are very iffy on him. They don't know. He did throw three touchdowns last uh, last week, but he did – he was 17 for 29. Um you know, I don't know, but I, I agree with you. I, I think Purdue is not the same that we saw as what they were with Jeff Brom mm-hmm. and being the spoiler makers. Now, that's not to say maybe they are, you know, under new leadership, same old, same old. Still, nothing really changes. But I – I think the bite isn't there from Purdue. It's not – It's it doesn't seem to be there um, like it was. But Cole – this hurts. I gotta go. This with, this may hurt more than the Texas Alabama game. I gotta go to with Virginia Tech. Yeah, same. And you know what will really annoy them though? Hmm. Calling them Vatech. 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 Yeah. Not VA Tech. Not VT. Not Virginia Tech. Not Tech. Vatech. Yeah. No, I'm in. Uh, I'm in complete agreement with you. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, that was a painful. Yeah. That. Uh, hey, happier thoughts. Happier thoughts. And actually, not not for very long. <laughs> well, not for very long. We've got you know three games until we get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, staying in the state of Virginia though, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, if you yeah, will. Yeah. Come on, we're not a state. We're a Commonwealth. Are you doing it? Or do you want me to? Uh, you go ahead. The James. Madison Dukes take on the Virginia Cavaliers at Scott (coughs) Stadium. UVA is home this week in Charlottesville. It's like a 30-minute drive, though, from Charlottesville to Harrisonburg. Yeah, it's it's not bad at all. Um, JMU is the underdog, barely. (laughs) Barely. Uh, UVA is favored 50.9%. Actually, Colt, let me rephrase this. It is the, it, it is the premier school against you. It's the premier Virginia school against UVA this week. Okay. Yes, 100. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm with you on that. We, we, we are also big Duke fans here on the Panther Yeah, go pod. Dukes. Go Dukes. Go Dukes. Um. J, or so UVA is uh, favored according to ESPN, 50.9 to 49.1. However, the line is JMU by 6.5. The over-under is 40. Um, I think they go – they definitely hit the under. Um, if it was JMU against their practice squad, I think that it would it – would, you know, they could probably get it themselves. Um, that being said, McLeod for JMU, 7 for 11, 144 yards and two touchdowns last week against Bucknell? Bucknell. Yeah, Bucknell. Bucknell. 
Um, I couldn't recognize the logo, even though it literally says Bucknell right under that. Um, no, 144 yards passing, two touchdowns, and a 38-3 win against Bucknell. Um, musket for UVA, 9 for 17, 94 yards. Didn't have a great a blowout loss against Tennessee. Here's what I will say, though, is Tennessee got off to a hot start and then struggled. The UVA defense looks a little bit more a little bit hotter to handle this year. Uh, now, I will say these numbers, I think, are a little bit, like you said, inflated because they played a really good Tennessee team. They played against Joe Milton in all the, in, in that high-powered Tennessee offense with Josh Heupel and then just got absolutely shut down by the Tennessee defense. And I don't even know if it's that the Tennessee defense was really good or just the fact that the O-line for Virginia is just terrible. I mean, they were letting – Tyler, um, Tyler Musket could not – could not get anything going. Well, I mean, when you have a running back who only – who all, like your leading rusher had 39 yards, that's terrible. Yeah. That is terrible. He did uh, have a touchdown, but still, still that – As a team, you had 95 yards, and you barely broke 100 yards passing, 106. Yeah. That's that's terrible. It's those Yeah. Are, those are truly rookie numbers. Truly, truly rookie numbers. I, I but I want to know I want to know how well the defense will do for Virginia. Uh, I think this is a game unfortunately I say unfortunately, but like Virginia's just one of those teams that it's even against a group of five, it's rough. Mm-hmm. There's and that's sad. I wish Virginia played more elite football. I wish they had a span like Tech did with Beamer. They just can't put it together. And personally, I think it's a Vanderbilt. They have Vanderbilt syndrome where they want to. They want to be the Ivy League of. Yeah. A, they're trying to compete no, exactly. with UNC and and Duke and all these other programs, but they they have the smarts down. But when it comes to football, forget it. And they've it. got it off the gridiron. They've got I mean, it off the gridiron with basketball, baseball, baseball, all their Olympic sports. Yeah. Everything else is great, minus football, and. I just don't. I don't. I. Th- I think. I hate it for Cavs fans. I. I. I, hate, I do hate it for Cavalier fans. Um. Because you would. I would love to see Cavaliers shut down Virginia Tech year in and year out. Yes, one hundred percent. However, um, I think UVA loses this game. I think JMU is poised to be really good. I think JMU is poised to win the Sun Belt this year. Okay. Oh, absolutely. They are. They are. They're going to be right up there again. Um. Kurt Signetti is going to have is got the Dukes rolling again. I think it's going to be a standout year for JMU. I know JMU fans were really nervous about their quarterback, but he looked decent. But again, mm-hmm. that's against an FCS team with Bucknell. Um, he did only throw seven for eleven, but when you throw 144 yards and two touchdowns, you don't really you don't really yeah. need to pass it that much, um, especially when your running back gets 12 carries for 125 yards. Oh, absolutely. Now I think though I I believe that they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more because that that yeah. UVA D line looked tough last week yeah. against Tennessee. At least early on they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so look for that. Yeah, they the UVA was only able to put up 95 yards rushing again. Their O line is terrible. They may be able to withstand against JMU. A little bit smaller guys there on the JMU side. JMU, however, does have an eight-year starter. They have an eight-year starter on the defensive line. Defensive line, I think. Huh? They have an eight-year starter on the defensive line. An eight-year starter. Count that back. How many years? When? When was he a freshman at JMU? 
I think he's an eight-year starter. I'm pretty sure seven or eight-year starter. How? So COVID, okay, COVID year. So he gets a red ed- shirt. Red shirt. Medical red shirt. Maybe transfer. Not that transfer. Would- not transfer. So eight years ago. Um, let's see. Eight years that's ago. That's 2015. 2015. Yeah. Good God. He was a freshman in 2015. And he is an eight. That like this. This man has been playing. He's a professional college football player. He's a professional college football player. Here's what I'm thinking: is you get five years of eligibility, mm-hmm. okay? Then you get add on that extra six with, or that add on that extra year for COVID year, okay? Uh, five years is 2020, okay? So you can redshirt. You stay there. You can get your master's. That's I think five years is the limit. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Five, five years, years is the is limit. Correct. All right, his fifth year is COVID, so then he gets that eligibility, that extra eligibility. I want to say maybe a medical a, a medical red shirt is what also helped him kind of put over put him over the line too. But he is a seven seven year starter for the Dukes. That's I, wild. I think it's on the D line. Maybe he did transfer, but I'm pretty sure it's a. Oh, I think I know what it is as well. Is he also was there when they were FCS? Oh, okay. So that could have also That's helped. That's a free year. Yeah. That's a, that maybe that is. I don't know. Somebody who may be a little bit better on the rules for us, maybe that could help out. But back to JMU. I think um, smaller guys, they're, they're, still, they're still dogs. They're still dudes up oh, there. Oh, oh. <laughs> the Dukes. Um, I think they're still – I still think they're solid on the defensive line, but I think, I think this defensive line may be a little bit better to handle or a little bit more easier to handle for UVA. With that being said, though, the UVA offensive line was garbage last week. Yeah. It was rough. It was really bad. Couldn't get anything going on the ground. Tony Musket was just couldn't get anything. I think he was I think he's gonna be a decent quarterback for the Cavaliers. Honestly. But because they couldn't get anything going. Going fifty and I I'll make my pick here in a second. Um, but going fifty fifty or going above fifty fifty actually, uh, on your throws is very impressive against Tennessee. And not throwing any picks either. Yeah. Um, that being said, JMU is going to make themselves a sandwich this weekend. You know why? Why? They're going to take UVA. They're going to put it on a piece of bread. Okay. And they're going to take some Duke's mayonnaise. What? Put it on the top slice. Yeah. Put it on the bottom slice. Huh? And run up the score. Yeah. I have JMU winning. 28-14. I have JMU winning. I think it's a one-score game, 28-21. Okay. 28-21, give me the Dukes. Go Dukes! Next game. Next game. It's up to it's little brother time. The number 24, Tulane, Green Wave. They welcome in. The mighty wave is playing the Rebs this weekend. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. A big-time rivalry in old-school SEC. Yes. Um, that being said, this is in Nolens. Um, Ole Miss is favored, clearly, um, by ESPN, 77.3 to two lanes, 22.7%. Um, the line is seven in Ole Miss's favor, and the over-under is 66 and a half. Jackson Dart scares me 
terrifies me. Looks much better than what he did last year. Yes. Um, Jackson Dart is an absolute monster. Michael Pratt isn't any kind of slouch either. Uh, both were close to our Jackson Dart threw for over 300 yards last week and four touchdowns. Michael Pratt, uh, 294 yards and four touchdowns. Jackson Dart, 18 for 23, 334, four touchdowns. Michael Pratt, 14 for 15, 294, four touchdowns. Uh, Judkins for Ole Miss, 13 carries, 60 yards, two touchdown. Hughes for Tulane, eight carries, 41 yards. Ole Miss stomped Mercer last week, 73 to 7, which is very, very fair. That should be considered mercy rule at yeah, one point. Once you get up by literally 10 times the amount of your opponent's score, like, come on, it's over. Game's over. Mercer kept crying, mercy, mercy. Mercy, and mercy Lane, for Mercer. <laughs> and Lane Kiffin said, oh, they, Mercer? Is that what you get? Mercer. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we know the name of your school. We're going to keep going. <laughs> um, <laughs> good one. I'm Thank sorry. You. No, you're good. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. South Alabama for Tulane, which wild when you think about it. Like mm-hmm. you're going to play these schools literally played Mercer and South Alabama last week, and now they're playing each other. Um, Tulane stomp South Alabama 37-17. Impressive for a group of five to Very, a group of five opponent. Yeah. Impressive. That being said, this is group of five to SEC. I'm doing my best not to be biased in either way. I'm trying to be fair here because I truly do love Tulane. I, I think they are an amazing program. I wouldn't say they're amazing. I think they're better than what they were under Willie Fritz. Oh, yeah. No, Fritz but, is terrible. Um, no, I'm saying Willie Fritz is, was, is good. That's what's kind of helped them out. Oh this yeah, year. yeah, no, no, no. Before Sorry, Willie Fritz, thought, no, no, no. Before Willie good. Fritz, it was it was rough. But yeah. yes, with Willie Fritz there, it is it has helped tremendously. Thank you. I fumbled the bag again. Uh, <sighs> unsurprising. Um, this is in Nolens. Ole Miss is only favored by seven. Give me the green wave. Ah, dang it. I was also going to take the green wave. Give me the green wave, baby. I, um, Not for any rhyme or reason. I just think this is going to be an upset. I think Two, it's going to be an upset as well. Tulane looks – they bring back a majority of their team from last year. The team, by the way, that beat Heisman quarterback Caleb Williams in USC. Okay? Granted, was that a one-point game win? Absolutely. But you know what? They hung in there with them. Tulane, the new spoiler makers? Yes. The spoiler wave. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Not bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, moving on here. Uh, Cincinnati Bearcats take on Pitt. Why'd you do this to yourself, dude? Because it's a rivalry game. They I play for it. the Paddle like, Wheel Trophy. Come on. The Paddle Wheel Trophy, man. That's cool. But, like, still, it's Pitt. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. No, Cincinnati last week, <laughs> they took on the mighty Eastern Kentucky Colonels. Uh, they won 66-13. Again, mercy. 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 <laughs> Mercer? Yeah, Mercer. They're, yeah, they're group of five. Um, Pitt took on Wofford, uh, and they won. They Wofford. Wop, they uh, walloped them. They 40- walloped Wofford. 
uh, 45 to 7. Um, since he put up 667 yards of total offense versus Pitts, 491. Uh, since he looked a lot more reliant on their passing attack this year, uh, 438 yards to Pitts, 274. Both teams broke 200 yards, rushing 229 for the Bearcats, 217 for the Panthers. Yards allowed. Let's 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 talk about that one for for a brief second. Yeah, Pitt allowed 127 passing yards. Cincy allowed 177. Cincy gave up 125 rushing yards to Eastern Kentucky. Pitt didn't give up a yard. They literally didn't give up. They took a yard. Yeah. They, they took a yard. They took a yard from Wofford. And Wofford, Wofford scored. Wofford. That is insane. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um... Emory Jones for the Bearcats, just looking into stats a little bit. Uh, Emory Jones, 19 for 23, 345 yards passing, five touchdowns last week. Uh, Jerkovec for the Pitt Panthers, (laughs) Uh, 17 for 23, 214 yards passing, one touchdown. Kiner for the Bearcats, 13 carries, 105 yards. Didn't find the end zone, didn't really need to. They were up by, you know. 50 points. Uh, Carter for the Panthers, 11 carries, 65 yards, one touchdown. One thing that kind of did surprise me about Pitt last week is they didn't have a 100-yard rusher. Normally, Pitt is pretty good on the ground. Yeah. Um, Pitt is favored on ESPN, 59.8 to Cincy's 40.2. The line is 6.5 in favor of Pitt, and the over-under is 45. I think that these are two explosive offenses, and they cover the over. Um, that being said, give me the Bearcats. Oh, give me oh, the Bearcats. Oh, this is going to make me f- even worse. Then no, buddy, no, buddy, no. Um, I will. While you're bringing yourself to do it, I will make the case for Cincinnati. I think that this team last week looked more solid than Pitt did against Wofford. And I think the offense is firing on all cylinders for the Bearcats. I think this is a return to form uh, for their postseason run. Um, I don't think they're going to make it back to the playoffs, but I think they're going to jump up and surprise a lot of people this year. Do you need more time? No, it's okay. Um I just want to let you know I've picked both of my rivals, both of my biggest rivals to win this week. I'm I feel I feel so dirty. I'm gonna to have to ask forgiveness for this. I'm about to do the exact same thing that you're doing now, so <sighs> Okay. Well um yeah, I'm picking Pitt. Yep. I'm picking them to win. Um and it's and it's defensively. They shut down Wofford last week. That <laughs> negative one rushing yeah, no, yard. That was impressive. And it's the fact that Cincinnati gave up 302 to Eastern Kentucky. Gave up 302 offensive yards to Eastern Kentucky. Okay? I just... Emory Jones looks good. He looked really good against Eastern Kentucky. I think this is a a, a true test, but these two teams... Big Cross River rivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play for the Paddle Wheel, trof- Paddle Wheel Trophy. 
Um, yeah, this... <sighs> you don't have to say it again. You already said it once. Well, okay. and here's the, here's the reason why. I am not sold on Scott Satterfield. I have not been since that decision. To, but, but in Cincinnati's case, what can you do Yeah. but hire Scott Satterfield? He's there. Because Luke Fickle gets hired out from under you. If this was yeah. Luke Fickle... 100% I'm picking the Bearcats, but I'm not sold on Scott Satterfield. He, they played really well. They looked really great. They looked uh, like a well-coached team against Cincinnati. Pitt, unfortunately, against, uh, has been – Eastern Kentucky. Eastern – did I say Western Kentucky? No, you said uh, Cincinnati. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Cincinnati uh, – it's, it's weird seeing Satterfield on the sidelines for Cincinnati, Cincinnati. and not Louisville. Yeah. So. Um, but Pitt, unfortunately, has been really good these past couple of years under Pat Nart uh, – Pat Narduzzi. No, Pat Narduzzi. Um, <clears throat> so I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm. It's okay. I'm picking Pitt. Mm. Um, yeah, it just they they look they looked good against Wofford rushing. They looked really good um, defensively. Looked really good. Shut them. Shut down. Like that's impressive. Nobody else. I th- I'm pretty sure Georgia even gave up gave up rushing yards, and Pitt did not. I'm pretty sure Georgia gave up rushing yards against what was it UT Martin last week. Probably. I yeah. Um yeah, I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Pitt. Are you okay? No. Okay. Not one bit. Um and outside of West Virginia LSU going to our last game that you need to watch on Saturday. Um, Owen, we're just going to go ahead and start this This is off. a painful episode. Yeah, I know. I did not. These, this is, these are a lot of good games. These are a lot know. of good games. But why is it that our why is it that our rivals are in these good games? Um, let's go ahead and start things off. Get the vibes right, right? I don't, uh, can we get the vibes right? We can for sure get the vibes right on this one. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one. Horns, Horns down. down. Uh, Alabama. Crimson Tide ugh, take on the Texas Longhorns. Uh, the number 11 ranked Texas Longhorns go to Bryant Denny to take on the number three ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, Alabama has an 81% chance to win this game. Um, surprise, surprise on the ESPN website. This is in Tuscaloosa. The line is seven in Alabama's favor, and the over-under is 53.5. This is a sold-out Brian Denny. Surprise there as well. God, I hate this. Quinn Ewers, 19 for 30, 260 yards passing, three touchdowns to the air. Uh, Milrow for Bama, 13 for 18, 194 yards passing, three touchdowns. Um, One thing that is severely missing from the Longhorns' offense is their rushing attack. You lose B. John Robinson last year. You replace him with uh, Jaden Blue as your leading rusher. Uh, Ten carries for 55 yards against Rice. That's your leading rusher. Yep, 55 yards. This is a pass-heavy Texas team, which we haven't seen a lot of um, in the past, like, four or five years because they've been so dominant on the ground. Yeah, with Bijan. Bijan yeah. is the reason why. 
Jaden Milrow, seven carries, 48 yards, two touchdowns. Again, a little surprising that it's not an Alabama running back. It's the quarterback. Um, Texas had 458 yards against Rice. Bama had 431 yards against Middle Tennessee. Uh, both teams broke uh, 200 yards passing. Texas posted an even 300. Bama had 226 yards rushing. Texas only had 158 yards rushing. Those are rookie numbers. Got to pump them up. Uh, Bama had 205 yards rushing. Um, Alabama, offensively, is a ground to pound this year. They're going to be ground to pound. You, Bryce Young is no longer there. The defense looks stout. Uh, gave did give up over two hundred yards to uh, Middle Tennessee, but that's okay. Um, offensively, it's just going to be ground to pound. It's run the ball, run the dang ball. Jalen Milrow only threw 18 passes, was 13 for 18, 194 yards with three touchdowns. Jalen Milrow also had seven carries for two touchdowns and 48 yards as well. Um, last year in this game, Texas – Instant classic. I, inst- I, I, I hate I to say I despise both of these teams, but that game was so it was, good It was a good year. game. It was a good game. And um, Quinn Ewers – Honestly, I believe if Quinn Ewers stays in the game, he gets hurt. I think they beat. I think they beat Bama. They oh, beat yeah. Bama in Austin, and I think they win that game. Quinn Ewers is back. Looks, of course, we don't know what's going to happen in game, but looks to remain healthy. Looked pretty good against Rice uh, last week. However, Cole, I know te- this is supposed to be like. Everybody is saying, no, this is really the year that Texas – no. No. And I think if Texas wins this game, number one, Texas is going to get overhyped beyond belief. And we're, we're, we're really back. We're really yeah. back. And I think you also get questions about Nick Saban at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I don't think that's going to happen. And I think I think that, I think think Alabama – the uh, mm-hmm. I think the Tide wins the game in Bryant-Denny. Um, I think they – I don't think they handled Texas, but I certainly do think that they – I think they beat Texas 35-21. I think Crimson Tide does it. I think Jalen Milrow just can beat you with his legs. He can do well enough with his arm. They're not stellar. They not. They don't have a Bryce Young like they do, no. like they did last year, but I think that offensive line and them being able to run the ball so effectively is going to work out well for Alabama. It's home field. Bryant-Denny – Normally, it's not electric, but I think I think Bryant Denny's going to be pretty electric oh, this time. Oh, it comes of year. alive in these kind of games. In these like, kind of games, yeah. yeah. So I think Bryant Denny's going to come alive. Um, Jalen Milrow is going to come alive. That offensive line is going to come alive. I just I think the ground and pound is the way to go. I think Alabama pulls this one out, thirty-five twenty-one, beats the Longhorns, horns down. Um, yeah. So. I'm faced with a decision here. You're uh, faced with a decision I had to make twice. Yeah. Um, if this was a NSFW podcast, I would say some things about Alabama. I can't say those things um, because, you know, we're SFW, and that's perfectly fine. I love that. 
um, Texas is arguably the most hated program on the Panther Pod. Like, you've got Bama, sure. You've got Tennessee, kind of, not really. Hypel, we I cheer like for. Yeah. Um, Pitt, you know, and programs that we just despise. And Texas is the only one that we have made a reference to in every single episode we have ever recorded by saying horns down. Your case for Alabama is very valid and honestly will likely happen. That being said, I am petty and I am an LSU Tigers fan. Give me the Longhorns in this matchup. They're coming into Bryant Denny. They're going to tear a new one in the Crimson Tide. Horns down all the way for sure. Hate them. I hate doing that. Um, no, Texas wins 35-28. Texas wins 35-28. Horns down. I'm not bringing myself to pick. And Bama is favored in this game. Bama is probably going to win this game. That being said, I am not picking Bama. Not this year. Never. I can't do it. Saban is the biggest crybaby in the world. And I loved it. I loved it when he was at LSU. Um, that being said, Saban has forever broken my heart, broken the heart of all Tigers fans out there. Um, no, I'm not picking Bama. Give me Texas. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I figured these are going to be kind of quick to run through, though. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for us, uh, we're still going to watch these games, even though they're streaming. We're still going to watch these games. Hey, I they are guess. night games, by the way. <laughs> I, yeah, you, you know it's awesome when uh, they can't release the time for the Auburn game, so that way we can make plans for it. But you know, Grambling, yeah, that's a night game in Death Valley for sure. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead. We talked about West Virginia last week first. Let's go ahead and talk about LSU first this week. LSU takes on the mighty Grambling Tigers. This is a Tiger versus this is Tiger Bowl, um, not Auburn. <laughs> that, what? I mean, um, this is oh, this is Tigers versus Tigger. Mm, making a dig at Brown Kelly there, huh? Huh? No, no, no. Oh, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm making okay. a dig at Grambling. Oh, okay. Um, the Grambling Tigers go on to face the LSU Tigers. Uh, the 14th ranked LSU Tigers. Um, look, I can give you all the stats. I can give you any kind of information you want about this game. There is not an over under, and there is not a line in this game at all. I'm for, sure there for, is for somewhere. good reason, but there is a very valid reason why that thing is non existent on this page. Um, LSU is favored to win on ESPN by ninety nine percent. Yeah, give me, give me, give me. Can I just say it? Yeah, go ahead. Just give me LSU. I'm like, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. What no. this? This is the most no brainer win on our entire schedule. I feel like. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I hate these kind of games for the SEC because the SEC has so many of them. Um, 
no, this is for sure a tune-up game. Why this wasn't week one? Why, you know, we You're had telling to lose. me. You're telling me. <laughs> You're telling me. Why we had to lose by 21 to Florida State. Mm. Um, why we had to lose to Florida State in two week ones in a row? Wild. Um, but, no, give me the Tigers. I'm I'm taking the Tigers. I'm you know what? No. I'll I'll even I'll even say it. I'll say the thing. I'll do the thing. LSU by a million. There you go. There you go. If we do not turn this game into blowout city against Grambling, then Brian Kelly needs to go. He, plain and simple. Like if this is a competitive game, if this is even remotely close at half, no. Kelly's gone. Yeah. And I, that, I oh, feel yeah. like that's not hyperbole. That's I I don't. I, yeah, it's, losing to an FCS team when you're LSU is inexcusable. Yeah, no, is that's that's not hyperbole at all. This is if Kelly is within two scores at all in this game besides the first quarter, um, he's gone. Yeah, immediately. I agree. And not from like I like Brian Kelly. I think that. His offensive schemes are really awesome. Uh, he's turned the Tigers around after Ed Orgeron um, departed the organization. Um, no, yeah, LSU is winning this game. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right, taking LSU to win there. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, West Virginia takes on the mighty Duke and Dukes. The West Virginia Mountaineers open their season at home Against the Duke and Dukes, L- uh, LSU, WVU, West Virginia. Hey, has this a, week, this week, essentially the exact same pretty program. Much, pretty much, it, they have a ninety-seven percent winning percentage of uh, Duke uh, over Duquesne. Um, yeah, Garrett Green um, gonna run wild on the Dukes. Uh, Sixteen for twenty-seven, one hundred sixty-two yards last week against oh, Penn I didn't State. Even stats. Yeah, I mean, do we really need to? Let's be honest. I think just the sticker, you know, the, yeah. the logos and right. I think, I think I, it's safe to say. I'm not trying to be cocky. No, no, no. Yeah. And I'm not looking past Duquesne. I am still 100% going to watch this game. <laughs> but I will tell you right now, Neil Brown doesn't get out of Milan Puskar Stadium as the head coach if he loses Duquesne. If we lose no. Duquesne, Ren Baker right there, I've seen enough. It's time to go. Yeah. And if he loses Duquesne, I don't think he can make it out of Milan Puskar no, State. Absolutely. Without not. without uh I don't think he calling can... in the National Guard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's not yeah, that's not gonna happen. Uh look for uh I think this I think this is also is gonna be a tune up game for the Mountaineers. Um look for their passing game to develop. I think yep. here is where Neil Brown can go, All right, here's we can try a few things, we'll do this, we'll do that, put a few guys in, um, and just see how it goes. <laughs> expect I expect West Virginia to win one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, they they really should. I think that even even if they're close, even if they do win the game, but if they're close, I think he, I think Neil Brown still loses his job. I don't think it's a question that West Virginia is winning this game. Um, I do have one question for you. Do you think Garrett Green finds the end zone through the air this week? Yes, I think with Devin Carter and Cole Taylor, one hundred percent. Okay, one hundred percent. I think with Rodney Gallagher, Rodney Gallagher, who's the freshman four-star uh, receiver that we got this year, I think he finds the end zone. I think Garrett Green will have at least two rushing touchdowns. Uh, I'll say two rushing touchdowns, three passing. Okay, that's respectable. Yep. Well, I think that's going to about wrap it up. Um, sorry to kind of end the 
It's weird because normally LSU and West Virginia have very exciting games to look forward to. Very formidable. West opponent. West Virginia more, and I will admit that West Virginia more so than LSU. Um, Mine is very front loaded. My schedule is very front loaded. Yours is is back loaded. Yeah, your schedule is very back loaded. Yeah. Um, but either way, um, that's going to wrap us up this week. Um, very very exciting week in college football. Not necessarily for LSU and West Virginia. But across the board, should be a ecstatic week. Um, we're also going to try to get back on the horn with this. Uh, hopefully, Sunday night we can record our, our reaction episode, and then uh, by Wednesday we'll have our preview. Get back on our normal schedule like what we were. So every every episode for you guys is going to be Mondays and Thursdays. Okay. So that way you can it, it can roll on out. But uh, but yeah, for that I'm Owen Sapponic. My name's Cole Connor, and this has been the Panther Pod. <laughs>